What inning was it again when uh, Buckner totally jobbed the Brewers on Saturday? Sixth inning. The sixth inning, that's what it was. The sixth inning, that was the only blemish of the Milwaukee Brewers, was the sixth inning of Saturday's affair when it was a clear that was a strikeout, right? Like he was clearly done. was a strikeout. Like dead to rights, struck out, done. The fact and wasn't Dansby walking off the mound? Yeah, Dansby. Or, uh, the batting box Dansby Swanson already was was walking towards the dugout like he was done. And even in his presser afterwards, he's like, Yeah, that was a strike. Yeah, I thought it was out. They thought it was out. Everyone thought it was out. So Ad- after Adam Duvall let off the six with a single off of Woody, Brandon Woodruff, Swanson took a two two pitch. Everyone, and even Dave from Monona, who's blind and a Cubs fan, I'm not kidding, his two glass eyes, knew it was a strike. Except one man, home plate umpire C.B. Buckner, called the pitch a ball as Swanson was already walking towards the dugout, believing he had struck out. Swanson said, and I quote, I thought it was a strike, just like I think everyone else did too. I'll be honest about that. I regrouped, and I was able to get a good swing on the next one. And Rowdy, what happened with the next one? Yeah, he had a two-run home run, and that was the difference. Obviously, Brandon Woodruff came out. They were losing after that, and then it just went downhill from there. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff, uh, I'll try to find the comments after the game. He was obviously very upset. He was noticeably upset after the pitch was called a ball, and then the home run was hit. Uh, Let's see here. I do have Brandon Woodruff right here. Here's the extended answer about the call preceding Swanson's tie-breaking home run, which honestly is the only blemish for the Brewers. Here is... Brandon Woodruff, he's not happy. Woody, you might as well get to the obvious one. Swanson stepped across the plate on that one-two pitch, and he knew that usually tells you that the hitter knows he was struck out, but it wasn't called. And it's on the home run. Before yep. Woody talks, Woody is like bright red, and his lips are like quivering, like he's ready to just start like screaming obscenities. Well, we've he's okay. Like, he's like, <sighs> I feel bad for Brandon Woodruff this year with how well he's pitched because we've seen him noticeably pissed off earlier in the season <laughs> when Craig Council comes out and gives him an early, early hook or doesn't let him finish an inning where potentially he was in some trouble mm-hmm. where he could wiggle his way off the hook and be in line for a win or potentially a win. Yeah, he's pissed about we, the early hook. We've, we've seen that. And then on top of it, this is a time where Craig Council left him in, let him let him do work. Let, yeah, let him do his thing. Let him try to get out of it. And then he's got a strikeout that wasn't called a strikeout. And then the home run ensues. So you have Woody, who is upset about the early hooks from Craig Council early on. Every time Brandon Woodruff was on the mound, the Brewers' offense would disappear. Yep. That would be upsetting. And now you have uh, Buckner out there making himself look like a complete asshat. As everyone, and even the blind, knew that this was a strike. And then it led, unfortunately, to the demise of the Brewers on Saturday. They would have had a perfect road trip if it wasn't for this. You could just tell. You could feel once that ball left the ballpark, that momentum had just completely shifted. And then you go further into that game. Obviously, Curtis, one of the guys that they had just recently acquired from the Marlins, gave up a grand slam. Yep. In the game later on, after Willie Adamas had a low throw, which a better throw they get out of the inning, mm-hmm. and then the ball was nearly scooped by Escobar at first base. He didn't get the scoop. Again, if he got the scoop, they're out of the inning. Or Willie Adamas simply could have just went to second base and taken it the easy way. Yep. None of which occurred, and then basically that net that next batter hits one out of the park, and it's a grand slam. But you could just feel after that home run, from Woodruff because the Brewers it, the Brewers did not hit the ball very good. Obviously, they scored one run on Saturday. Yeah. But that was a game in which the Brewers put a lot of guys on base, and they weren't capitalizing. They weren't hitting with runners on base. They weren't doing any of that once they got guys on base. And then all of a sudden, when it's the bottom of the sixth and that home run occurred, it felt like just uh, all of the uh, air kind of came yeah. out of the Brewers. So Woody's on the podium being asked about the pitch that was – Clearly, obviously a strike and should have been done for uh, Dansby Swanson. But instead of Woody is up here, like his face is beet red. He keeps like biting his lips like he's like trying not to just freak out on someone. So here's the answer from Woody. Obviously, we're not pleased with that development. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to say, uh, uh, but that I probably sh- should not say right now. And I <laughs> think that's that's what I'm going to do is I'm not going to say Say some stuff, but Brandon Woodruff. <laughs> this is this is who Brandon Woodruff. I'm going to play it in a, more of it in a second here. This is what Brandon Woodruff comes off to as me. Brandon Woodruff. We know he's from Tupelo, Mississippi. Yep. He is the he, obviously he's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. 
He's quiet, but he's just kind of like that uh, that country guy that's very soft spoken and very quiet. But once you piss him off, he's gonna kick some ass. Oh yeah, he's he's like the the gentle giant that like he'll let he'll let you he'll let Superman get his cape tugged on a little bit. Like he's Superman in the sense they'll let his cape get tugged on a little bit and he'll be like, hey, knock it off. Hey, hey, would you just knock it off? And then after the third time, he'd be like, all right, I'm whooping your ass now. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like I gave you two warnings. He's kind and respectful yeah. until he's completely off the deep end. And then look out. Yeah. Not, now I'm punching through your face, sir. All right. Here's more from Woody. Um, I mean, when, when I don't know how, how I want to phrase I mean, <laughs> I, I should have done a little bit better job of, of controlling my emotions there. Uh, and I thought I did an okay job. I just, I think that was the right pitch. I threw the next pitch. I just, it was, it was so in such a bad location that he had time to adjust to it. Um, and I, I don't regret throwing that pitch. Um, but I just, I thought there was a earlier in the game. I thought there was a couple pitches that were pretty good. Uh, Bro- he, Brody, he is so mad. He's he's really trying not to say well, something he's going to regret. Think about this. He's he so, should his, be mad. He's beat red. His face is just red. He's an all-star. He's the ace of the staff. He is the guy that was leading the, uh, the major leagues in ERA. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that just has seven wins. He's seven and six. Listen, man, Craig Council keeps giving me the early hook. I can't get any run support, and I got this idiot Buckner up here calling balls when they're strikes. I'm about to whoop someone's ass. I mean, the fact that he's got the best ERA or had the best ERA in the league for qualified pitchers, and we've talked about, like you said, the early hooks. We've talked about now he's finally getting the chance to kind of work out of it and he doesn't get a call there. He's got the best ERA in the league for qualifying pitchers and he's 7 and 6. He's not getting any run support. He's he's got a Where's he at for uh, Cy Young? Is he second still? He's got a whip that is below 0.9. I mean, in 131 innings, he's got over 152 strikeouts. He only has 32 walks on the year. If I pull up some of his uh or some of the uh Cy Young standings. At I'll bet pull that US, up. At BetUS.com? We only bet at BetUS.com, by the way. And right now for player futures at BetUS.com, he is currently oh second. Second. Who's number one? Right now it's Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller. Just because uh, DeGrom's DeGrom not is not anymore. eligible anymore with his injury. He does not have the innings. Yeah, DeGrom is no longer eligible. All right, here's more from Woody real quick, who is who is just, I'm, I'm, I'm rightfully pissed off. Here's more from Woody. Um, that weren't called, and then, um, you know, that, that it's, just, it's disappointing because um, you're out there and you're trying to give your team a chance to win. You're trying to do your best um, on the mound. Manny, all the fielders in the field are doing their best. The relay at home, that's an unbelievable play. And then it just kind of seems like it's uh, almost kind of just taken away from you a little bit. And and you know what? That's that's part of the game. That's, that's, that's part of it. Um, you get over it and, um, you know, move on to the next one. Because uh, you know what? It's... This game, this game's hard enough, and and I know it's hard umpiring games. I understand that, um, but I think just in that moment, in that situation, and in that point in the game, that can't be missed. Uh, I mean, Rowdy, the, the the it was it was a clear, it was the most obvious strike anyone could. Ever, Dansby was walking back to the dugout because he was out. Everyone in that ballpark knew that he was dead to rights, and yet it all spiraled after that, and the Brewers lose. They're one blemish of the road trip. Yeah, and outside of that, the Brewers did it. The Brewers did it every way possible pretty much over the weekend. You see the first game on Friday night, Corbin Burns did not have good stuff. Corbin Burns was not the normal Corbin Burns we've seen this year. Corbin Burns got tagged for five runs, didn't even make it to the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. The Milwaukee Brewers offense stepped up, scored nine runs. They got, what, a 9-5 to five win? Mm-hmm. Then on Saturday was the Brandon Woodruff outing where he pitched really well, and then all that nonsense happened, and Just the floodgates kind of uh, opened up later in the game. And then Sunday, they only had three hits, but they managed two runs, 
yet Brett Anderson and a number of relief pitchers, including Josh Hader and Devin Williams, locked it down, and they got a win with just three hits, two runs. They did it with offense. They did it with pitching. I mean, the the Milwaukee Brewers are rolling right now. They are rolling. Milwaukee Brewers are so hot right now. So hot right now. The freaking Reds, though, Rowdy, can the Reds lose an effing game when the Brewers win? Like, what the hell? The Every time the Brewers win, the Reds will win. I feel like the Brewers have been seven games ahead of the NL Central for, like, two weeks now in a row. But that's the thing. That's what's nice about it. As long as, as, long as the Brewers stay hot, the Reds have been staying hot. Yeah. But we know that the Reds can't stay hot the entire rest of the season, and the fact that they have a seven-game lead, it's a pretty big lead. That is a big lead. Brewers are twenty games above five hundred, and Milwaukee, the Brewer, and Milwaukee, and Rowdy, the Milwaukee Brewers, are when it comes to best teams in baseball. Where are the Brewers? Yeah, they're currently ranked third. But yeah, that uh, seven-game lead in the Central—it's the second biggest lead in a division in Major League Baseball. The only team with a bigger lead is the White Sox, who also have a terrible division. Yeah. Uh, something about that central, right? ALNL, as the White Sox are nine games up on the Cleveland soon-to-be Guardians. <laughs> what a name. So looking at that, I mean, you look at the NL West, it's stacked, obviously, right? The Giants are 66-39. and 39, But check this out. The Dodgers, who have a pay- payroll $179 million more than the Milwaukee Brewers, tell the fine folks between the Dodgers and the Brewers routing the record. Yeah, it's a half game, half game better for the Dodgers, and that's because the Brewers – have played one less game. So if the Brewers actually win tonight because the Dodgers are off, Mm -hmm. they will have the exact same record. (laughs) And again, the L.A. Dodgers have $179 million more spent right now, payroll, uh, than to the Milwaukee Brewers. What did you think, and we'll talk more about it coming up, but what did you think of the two, uh, I mean, not Eduardo Escobar, but the two arms for the bullpen that the Brewers got before Friday at 3 o'clock? Obviously they weren't. Chuck Norris's son, Daniel Norris. Obviously, they weren't the top arms. I made I made that up by the way. In the in the bullpen that were on the trading block, they weren't the Craig Kimbrels of the world. And John they weren't Curtis. The, yeah, they weren't the Richard Rodriguez of the world. I mean, they weren't the best top line bullpen arms. But again, they're pretty good. I'm pretty sure I saw something uh, like I don't know if it was a joke or not, but I'm pretty sure I saw that this Daniel Norris guy, the reliever that the Brewers got from the Tigers, I think this dude like lived in a van for a while. No, he did. Okay, so that was true. It did like during the off season it was like a thing that he would do. Like he lives in an old Volkswagen ba- a van, and he was like traveling the country. Yeah, and he that, like, that, he, like that, pimped that it out in the play like a few years ago. Okay, so I'm looking at him right here. The dude's like, I think he's, I don't know where he is. Looks kind of like the state of Washington as he's there with his, it looks very cold and dreary and rainy. So I assume it's Washington as he's standing in front of his old school Volkswagen, like dull yellow van. That's got a surfboard on top of it. And he's like, he's eating out of it. He's, this guy looks wild rowdy. He looks like a complete bat. He looks like he fits in great for the Milwaukee Brewers, the beard van life. Hell, we should get him in touch with Charlie. Charlie knows a thing or two about living in, living out there in the elements. Daniel Norris. Look at that. He renovated a car to a travel-ready home. So from Tennessee, he drove his van Shaggy to Florida for spring training. And instead of taking a hotel room with the rest of his teammates, he, uh, he would just park his van somewhere, and he called it a scrappy lifestyle. He literally would said, quote, I would get kicked off the beach quite a few times. One time I decided to park at the Blue Jays complex probably at like 11.30 or 12 that night, I got a knock on the window from the cops, and I had to tell them that I'm literally playing for the team. I just like to live in my van. <laughs> so there were five cops, and they all started laughing when they realized who I was. They asked me questions like, why do you do this? <laughs> he says, for years, Norris and Shaggy were inseparable in the offseason. To the amusements of his teammates, Norris insisted on driving Shaggy down for his seasonal Florida trips. But even though the decades-old car endured year after year of cross-country marathons, Norris knew that Shaggy would eventually reach its limits. It broke down three times in 2015 from Tennessee to Oregon. The second time Norris blew the third cylinder in Kansas, he found a mechanic in Denver who fixed it. But then to get Norris to where he needed to go, he could only drive 35 miles per hour so his his engine wouldn't blow up. Who is this dude? This guy's got to be the most interesting man in Wisconsin right now. A old van called Shaggy, 
and he would literally just park in parking lots, and and cops would have to kick him out. He's like, I play for the team, Rowdy. It's like uh, it's like in Major League when Willie Mays Hayes didn't he show up living out of his car? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully as good here? as he pitches as well as the story is good. I guess. Agreed. What are the, what what do they pay this guy? Like what is he what is he getting paid? Does he make money? Probably a couple million dollars. I assume he makes money, dude. I I love the uh, I guess the idea of it, but if you got a couple milli sitting in the bank, hey, let's get an you were apartment. Just, we maybe. were just saying twenty minutes ago not to you know put some money away, not spend it all. That's yeah, that's true. I guess from one extreme to the other. The Brewers, though, speaking of cannons. I hope some of these guys that uh, the relief pitchers they got got some cannons on them. The cannon. Let's start with um, sort of Daniel Norris. I don't think he's related to Chuck Norris. I, I hope he is, but I don't think he is. He's got a nice beard like Chuck. But Daniel Norris, Rowdy, 28 years old, is 1-3 uh, with a 5.89 ERA in 38 relief appearances this season. Uh, but he's pitched much better as of late. In fact, when he made his appearance, what was that on Saturday? Was that Saturday? Saturday, he had two thirds innings and struck out one. I think that was it for him. What's the what's the vibe on Daniel Norris? Yeah, so uh, Norris, he originally with the Tigers was a starting pitcher that they turned into a reliever. So, being I believe he's only been a reliever for two or three years. Yeah. And obviously being a left-hander, that was one of the big facts that was floating out there around him. He's really good against lefties. Has a Lefties have a batting average of 200 against him. And just in general, since the page turned to July, he's been much better as of late than he was before that. Nice. So I think obviously for why did the Brewers acquire him, it's just another left-handed arm in that bullpen. Because, I mean, when you look at it, the lefties in that pen is Josh Hader, it's Brent Suter, and now I believe it's Daniel Norris. So he's the third lefty in that pen. He's going to be more of a situational guy who's going to come in against left-handers and hopefully be good. But, I mean, look at who they traded for him. They gave Reese Olsen. Yeah, 22 years old. It was, what, 5-4 and four with a 4.3 ERA and 14 starts for the Timber Rattlers. He's a guy that wasn't in their top 30 prospects, so they didn't give away a big-time prospect. Obviously, Norris is just a rental, so it's just for the rest of this year. Mm -hmm. But they didn't really give anyone prized away. So, I mean, you're getting an arm that's actually going to help you for the next two-plus months, and you gave away a guy that's probably never going to amount to anything. Yeah, so Norris, Norris, who the Brewers got, has not allowed a run or a hit over his last five outings. He struck out 40 batters in 36 and two-third innings, and the left-handed hitters are his forte, as Rowdy said, 200 against him. Uh, We'll talk the next one, uh, the uh, Curtis. Who they got? What was it um, Daniel? I'm sorry, no, John. John Curtis. All right, Rowdy. And then there's this guy right here, John Curtis, who got absolutely torched when he appeared his first appearance for the Brewers on Saturday. But that's okay, because I don't think he expected to be thrust thrust into that game. Yeah, like I said earlier in the show, it's it's a guy that wasn't anticipating being active until all of a sudden you have Jake Cousins and you have uh, Hunter Strickland coming down with the uh, COVID and being on the COVID protocol. And it's you're thrown in there against a team that's seen you a lot. It's the Atlanta Braves. He's pitching for the Miami Marlins, and it's a fam- familiar foe for them. Just not a great situation. Obviously, he came in later through all right the next day. But when you look at yeah. John Curtis, this is the move that I, I actually like. He's not just a rental. He's a guy that's going to be there through 2025. And then on top of that, you look and see what he's done the last couple of years in the big leagues. And he's thrown the ball pretty well for the Mar- the Marlins and the Rays over the last two to three years. And he's a guy that uh, you got him pretty much on the cheap. You look at what they gave up to get John Curtis. And it basically what they gave up, it was Peyton Henry. Now, Peyton Henry was a, a top 30 prospect. I believe he was 19th on the list. Yeah. And yes, he's a good catcher, but when you look at the Milwaukee Brewers roster, they have Omar Narvaez, who's under contract for at least next season as well. Manny Pena will become an unrestricted free agent, but we know he's a defensive catcher. And then we know that they still had a ton of those like quadruple A catchers signed. Remember how they always have like the 30-year-old catcher? Yeah. At the start of the season, they had basically three of those guys. Now, I know they lost Jacob Nottingham 
to uh, waivers. Then they got them back. Then they lost them again. But when you look at the young prospects that the Brewers had that were big-time catchers, it's Mario Feliciano, and it was Peyton Henry. And I think if you're a Brewers fan, you kind of knew that Peyton Henry's days might be numbered because at the start of or at the end of last season, they had to make 40-man roster decisions. And they ended up going with Mario Feliciano on the 40-man roster. Peyton Henry did not make that roster, which meant he was uh, Rule 5 eligible, so anyone could have drafted him. So I think that's another reason. You see Feliciano's the younger prospect, and he's playing at a higher level currently, I believe, in AAA, where Peyton Henry was in Biloxi, if I remember correctly. So they end up going, obviously they made the decision that the catcher of the future is going to be Feliciano. It's not going to be Henry. That makes him accessible for a trade. And that was the, out of all the trades that the Milwaukee Brewers had made this year, and we're talking the Orlando Arcia trade, we're talking the Willie Willie Adamas trade, the Escobar trade, Curtis and Norris, out of all those players that they traded for this year, they gave up just one ranked prospect and it was Peyton Henry. I would say job well done for the players that they acquired so far this year and players they've gotten back when you only gave up one top 30 prospect. Could you say could you say that David Stearns is out here fleecing Rowdy? He's out here just getting it done. And in Stearns, we literally do trust he's got the Midas touch, Rowdy. Well, I think you would say so far with the Orlando Arcia deal, he definitely pulled the right trigger. He got two guys back, Peyton Weigel had pitched some games at the big league level in extra arms. Who knows if you'll ever see him again or Sabadka at all this year, but if anything, they're extra arms if someone got hurt. You didn't lose RC at all because Urias stepped in and has played much better. Then, obviously, you won the Willie Adamas trade because, I mean, look at the Brewers since they acquired Willie Adamas, plus they upgraded at shortstop. It's crushing. Urias has gotten better playing at third base. And, yeah, you gave up two relievers, but you knew that you were deep in the bullpen and then right there you you acquired Escobar about a few days before the trade deadline. Who home run in his first appearance by the way. Yep. Didn't give up any huge prospect. Really you gave up uh, an outfielder slash catcher that wasn't going to make it because you already have a ton of outfielders and you already have multiple catchers in the system. David Stearns gold star on your fridge. You earned it brother. He's crushing, Rowdy. Yeah, I think overall you got to be pretty happy if you're a Brewers fan of what they what they acquired this year. Absolutely incredible. We'll come right back. I got some more stats for the Brewers. Got comments from Aaron Rodgers, who was hanging out with James Jones on the NFL Network over the weekend. We'll talk some Packers as well. Crazy stuff, man. Your Milwaukee Brewers, 20 games above 500. Seven games ahead of the Reds for number one, first place in the NL Central. Absolutely incredible. And David Stearns, gold star on the fridge. For last week's performance, the Brewers are just crushing. Love to see it. But real quick, speaking of Milwaukee teams, got to bring this up. That's kind of tough. A fan favorite, a guy that probably ruled the city of Milwaukee for just a few days. Bobby Portis appears to be headed elsewhere, uh, jettisoning his way out of the Milwaukee Bucks as he's declined his player option, set to become a free agent, declining the three point or $3.8 million dollars. And he is out of here. Portis, 11.4 points. 5.7. Adrian Wojnarowski, Bobby Portis is declining his 3.8 million player option, will become a free agent. Hmm. The the Bucks uh, can offer Portis the $5.9 million exemption. Oh, maybe that's what I saw. But Portis is joining guard Bryn Forbes in declining a player option, becoming a free agent. The Milwaukee Bucks might be looking a little different coming up here. I think after the playoff run, Bobby will be able to make some money. Yeah. yeah, and Especially, I mean, he yes. was a guy yeah. that showed during the regular season that he was a guy that was a a boost in energy, and he was like a consistent eleven and nine. Yeah, like he, he yep. was a solid player, especially in a, in a bench role. Maybe maybe he'll take a pay cut and go play for the Lakers too. <laughs> yeah, well, Portis averaged eleven point four points, seven point rebounds per game. But it was when Giannis went down to Rowdy's point, he was a beast. Oh, absolutely. And him and Bryn Forbes were honestly just stupid if they picked up their player options. Yeah, like I both mean, of those guys. Yeah. Both of those guys for how well they played this year and in the playoffs. Now Bryn Forbes was mostly just against the Heat. But <laughs> yes, in one it. in one game. <laughs> but uh for how they played, they were going to be severely underpaid and severely get less uh than yeah, what they would have on the open market. Out. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Portis when Giannis went down stepped up huge. Obviously starting lineup uh Bobby Portis 
22 points in Game 5. He put up 12 points and 9 rebounds to help end the series in that Game 6, you know, against the Suns. Bobby Portis was one of those, like, spark plugs off the bench. And when Giannis was down, he was that energy, high-energy guy. I mean, the Nassus and then the Kumbo would come in for, like, <laughs> maybe 30 seconds, get a foul. A minute at most. Get a, probably a foul or two. There was one game where he had a block, and he hyped up the Pfizer form, and they came back to win that game. But Bobby Portis was a real spark plug off the bench. It's all right for... One minute, one block, one foul. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's all right for Thanasis to be no the energy guy, right? But mm-hmm. like, if you're the Bucks, you want Thanasis to be the energy guy on the bench. Yes, yeah. You don't want him to be the energy guy in the game. No, because no. then you're like, he. No, no. That's that's too far. That's, that's gone, gone too, too far. Too far. No, 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 no. Bobby Portis, though, you want that guy in the game. Now, remember, was it the what's it, was the it net the net series? The net series he when didn't play at all. he didn't like played game one or game two, and then you never saw him again. Yeah. And then everyone's like, where the hell's Bobby Portis? And then Bud's like, it's all about the matchups. And Bobby Portis came back out and started balling, crushing heads about the yeah. matchups against the Hawks. So and the started going crazy. Zons. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you now have PJ Tucker, Bobby Portis, and Bryn Forbes, three guys that were more or less for the most part of the season in your rotations. Maybe your muscle. Well, two of them were. The I know. I know there's salary cap issues, obviously, with the Milwaukee Bucks because. They don't have a ton of money to spend. Yeah. But if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and you can only bring back one of those three, who are you bringing back between P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis, and Bryn Forbes? Bryn Forbes is the shooter. Yeah. Obviously, Tucker is the physicality and the defensive player. Yeah. Or Bobby Portis is a guy that can go out, rebound, score, and bring bring a energy. little uh, energy. Crowd up, give it, you the crazy eyes. It would be between Tucker Bob and Portis. Portis. They're also going to command more money than Forbes, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, Forbes, goodbye. Thanks for making a couple three-pointers against the Heat. Thanks, bud. Yeah. I'd, t- I'd say Bobby Portis. Big Bobby Portis guy. You, you, you telling me that if you got, if you're all of a sudden, you got a little uh, things going south and Bobby Portis gives you the go- crazy googly eyes, <laughs> you're going to be fired up. Or if you're on the opposing team, you're going to be slightly frightened. Right? Yeah. Dude, this guy, this guy's eyeballing me. Why dude. is this guy laughing at me? This guy's like, remember when, yeah, remember when he was laughing at Chris Paul, Chris Paul was trying to fight the referee. <laughs> he, he was Bobby literally Portis, like, came helping in, Chris Paul not get to just laughing team. at him. The Chris Paul is losing his mind. I would take Bobby Portis. What about you, Rowdy? PJ? I'd take Bobby Portis too, just because he's, he's 10 years younger than PJ Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. That, t- that's a big thing, especially Bobby in Portis can score. Yeah. I, Once I, you get over 35, you're kind of starting to, you're starting to get pretty old. Those legs are getting pretty old. <laughs> yeah. No offense to anyone over 35 out there. kid from Little Rock. We're talking about in the NBA, though. Hey, PJ Tucker, he can. I would take that guy. Who would you rather take to help you in a fight, Bobby Portis or PJ Tucker? I mean, I feel like both are probably good options, but I know that Bobby Portis has broken another man's jaw. Yep, he has. He has. Nikola Mirotic. Yep. How about that? I, I don't know if uh, P.J. Tucker Buck. has ever broken anyone else's bones, but he's been intimidating. I'll he take the guy been. that can actually do it, though. The guy who's proven is he's got fists of fury. <laughs> Bobby Portis proven to break jaws. <laughs> P.J. Tucker, I saw him get bodied by Kevin Durant's bodyguard, but I still... Man, I would love to see that yeah, spill into a fight. That's, that that's was kind a of guy from who behind. gets paid to... He's like a bowling ball. Yeah. And he came out of nowhere and kind of bellied up on P.J. Yeah. Tucker. If he's ready for it, I, I I got P.J. P.J. Tucker did say, though, in the parade afterwards that he was there to, and he brought out the dogs in everyone. We got in dogs. I mean, in P.J. Tucker's, like, alternative life, though, he probably could have been a bodyguard at that size. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. P.J. Tucker, Bobby... We know for a fact what Bobby Portis can do. Yeah. And that's through a one mean punch. Falcon punch! What'd you just say? Falcon punch from Super Smash Brothers. Falcon Plus, punch! you probably don't want to look into his eyes for too long. <laughs> no. No. Training camp for the Packers, week two, getting underway tomorrow. And I'd imagine that there's going to be less drama this week. Do you guys think there'll be less drama this week than there was of last week when Aaron Rodgers finally came back and spoke? Do you guys think they'll have less drama this week? I think as a Packers standpoint, I'm going to hope there's less drama. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it. they just put it all out there, yeah. and now it's settling. Well, uh, apparently a rivalry has actually butted over the weekend oh. on Saturday. There was uh, two entities at the podium from Packers training camp kind of butting heads a little bit. And it's not, it's not, oh, my bad, it's not Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst. It's not Mark Murphy versus uh, Intelligence. It actually is Marquez Valdez-Scantling versus Kenny Clark. 
I have a supercut of the beef that they have spilling over in Packers training camp. Take a listen. Let me just make sure when I say take a listen that it's not muted. So here you go. Take a listen. I think I just like to have fun, you know, make fun of Kenny Clark uh, on a regular basis. <laughs> what would happen if you lined up outside across from MBS? Uh, now I'm probably going to get a, a, a holding call. <laughs> so, uh, he's locked right next to mine, so I kind of walk in the building and say a joke at him pretty much every single day. Y'all know me. I don't talk much. And I, you know, I chill. But NBS, he, he just talk all day. So Something about you know, his weight or how big his head is or whatever. We've been going on for a whole year. A whole year now. It's fun, you know, just to have guys like that in the locker room uh, because it just provides some type of excitement, man. No one wants to talk about football all the time, but want to laugh. We, we just pick fun at each other. Is he just jealous of your new teeth? Uh, probably. But he, he got some new teeth, too, so. Veneers. Yeah, Kenny Clark's got some pretty good-looking veneers right there. But, guys, a budding rivalry between the two. Uh, I'm trying to see if MVS has new teeth. Yeah, look at those things. Everyone, you get a little money in you, all of a sudden, let's, let's yeah. get some veneers, Maybe baby. Let's get some veneers. All right, so my question is, obviously, the, the locker room seems no to be... No more grills? Yeah, no, now it's no, about... No, it's all about just, straight white teeth. That was just fi- the pearly whites. 15 years ago. Stop drinking coffee. Never. <laughs> get some whitening toothpaste. That I can do. Fluoride-free, though. You know. Are veneers cheaper than braces? I don't know. Well, when it comes to veneers, you gotta you gotta commit yourself. They'll take your little teeth and they whittle them down to stumps. Yeah, and then they screw it into yeah. your jaw. Like you literally will have your teeth like whitt- like they'll whittle your teeth down to like spikes, like your Dracula kind of. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you know that, Rowdy? Nope, and I don't plan on getting veneers. And then they put them on in there. Then they then they bleep. Put them on in there, and sometimes they'll drill into your bone, so they have like screws and stuff. I thought and- it was like always drilling. Well, like I, I honestly, I I trust you more because well, Jen, you know, yeah. I mean, Jen, my mom actually has veneers because she when she was a kid she got her two front teeth knocked out by her brother playing pool, like billiards. <laughs> yeah, like she he smacked. Yes. I don't know. You could. I hope they're not listening right now. Like <laughs> smacked her in the face when they were kids, like and knocked out her two front teeth. So she always had like she so she had to get veneers done and she had to get them grown down to like little stubs. Yeah. And she was very self conscious, obviously, because you're walking around a couple days with like you look like you're Dracula, and then you get them like put back on. But my question why I brought that up is there's the locker room seems to be pretty good for the Green Bay Packers right now, right? Did you guys ever think that with this Aaron Rodgers fiasco that it would split a, ro- a locker room? Did you guys think that this could be detrimental to the season starting right away? Like Aaron Rodgers not talking to the media. You have all this back and forth, and I have comments from Rodgers coming up. He was talking to James Jones on the NFL Network over the weekend. But do you think the locker room, there's like there's like this eggshells they're walking on. If a couple losses happen, all of a sudden, pfft. I mean, losing, losing creates a hostile environment anyways, but now with all this other stuff in there? I don't think so um, because it seems like – the players you talk to are all like, that's none of my business. He's dealing with his own stuff. I have my own things I got to deal with. Uh, I just know I'd play for him. You know, it sounds like the on-field stuff is separate from whatever his beef is with management. It's like, the are co- they all coming together to say F you to the man? I That I don't know. But it, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like even uh, the coaching staff isn't, the ones involved in this. It's literally anybody whose job it is to not be on the field yeah, and produce are the ones that are on the other side. So you have, yeah, the workers versus the man, I guess is probably the best way to say it. Screw the man. Um, what are you, Rowdy? What are you thinking? Rowdy well, says no. I think some of these guys that you're looking at that would be like on the offensive side, mm-hmm. they they can't really, I guess they can't really openly be on the Rogers side because a lot of them are in the last year of their contracts. Yeah. So like when you look at some of the wide receivers, like the Veldez Scantling, like the Funchesses, like the St. Browns, the Lazards, even the Tunyons of the world, all those guys are basically on one year deals. And they're not the Devontae Adams of the world where they can basically say whatever they want and someone's going to pay them so, yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And right now, what did we got? Uh, David Bakhtiari bought Aaron Rodgers an Aston Martin golf cart. Did you guys see that thing? It looked, yes. pretty, it looked pretty badass. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how much it costs, but I, I'm, in, I'm at the, the website. 
and I, I found one very similar, but they have to get my information before they'll tell me the price. <laughs> they need my name, my phone, my email, and then uh, why I'm requesting it. I'm trying to figure it out, but it seems like it'd be pretty expensive. So I don't know. It seems like everyone's kind of coming together, and if Brian Gutekunst, I guess, is going to be the inspiration for everyone to say F you to the man and then go out and prove him wrong and win a Super Bowl, then I guess that's the cross that Brian Gutekunst has to bear. And if it ends in a Super Bowl, then I guess that's great. So Brian Gutekunst then is just doing a real, a, an even better job. But I also think you're right in the fact that they've only been in camp for about a week now. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're going to ease into camp. And there hasn't been any losses yet. The season hasn't ramped up yet or gotten tough. Yeah, it's honestly every, just... Every, everyone right hey, now is as fresh as they're ever going to be. Long time no see they're Eric. as happy as they're ever going to be. I was Hawaii. Yeah, and they're just coming <laughs> off of a, basically their downtime, their vacations, their whatever. This is as, uh, probably as positive and as healthy as everyone's going to be moving forward. Let's see where it is when you know, they're at the end of November. Yeah, I think the only person who's not happy right now is Brian Gutekunst. Because Brian Gutekunst got like just lambasted. By Aaron Rodgers to everyone. And then Aaron Rodgers said, hey, I know you're GM, Brian, but guess what? We're bringing Randall Cobb back. <laughs> Get it done. And if you don't, oh, by the way, I'm quitting or retiring or trade me or sitting out. Is he the host of the Je- of Jeopardy yet? Nope. Have they announced that yet? Nope. Interesting. They're still doing the guest appearances right now. Are they? Thought so. Man. <laughs> or was LeVar Burton the last one? I thought LeVar. I know LeVar Burton was just doing it, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that right now in Green Bay. They're not in their taping period. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we're in training camp right now. Okay. Aaron's still probably going to Well, didn't they say that they taped in like so many weeks? Yeah, it was. They they just churn them out. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was like a 10 week thing. Taped the 52 weeks over 10 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're just not in it. They're not in their taping phase. So right now that locker room, the only person who seems to be upset, and rightfully so, and he'll never say it, is going to be Brian Gutekunst because he's been basically just drugged through the mud the last week. Yeah. So now everyone else is kind of like, hey, Aaron's back, man, cool. Hey, by the way, I heard you're engaged. Am I going to get invited to the wedding? I didn't even know you guys were dating. No. (laughs) Yeah, we're having a small wedding. Okay. If I don't invite you to the Kentucky Derby, you're not getting an invite. That sounds about right. And David Bakhtiari and Randall Cobb are like, yeah, we're coming, baby. Yeah, yeah we're going to we'll, be there. We'll be there. Don't you worry. AJ Hawk's going to be there. AJ Hawk will be there. And then you Miles see Tiller's going to be James there. James Jones, just not Miles Teller's wedding planner. You always see the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rogers could probably pay him. Yeah. The random guys that are there. We're like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Who is this Who is this guy? Rando. And then you got, you got probably Marcos Valdez going home like, I think... I, who Who's that guy? He's Why like, am I not there? Is it because I dropped that pass? Is it is it is that what it is, Aaron? Is it because I dropped the pass? I, I caught the other one. <laughs> like like really? Like it, it, what did he who did he drop the two point conversion? Who dropped the That was St. Brown. Oh was, yeah. well St. Brown's probably not gonna be invited anyway. He already knew he wasn't yeah, invited. From like every single one of those Kentucky Derby photos where they're all there in a big group, you're always looking at like two to three guys and like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Every time Or why are why? they in that group? Yeah. Like, how bizarre. What's going on here? All right, so there you go. A budding rivalry. Marquez Valdez-Scantling versus Kenny Clark. Right now, everyone's buddy-buddy friends in the locker room, despite all the drama. We'll see what happens when the season gets underway. I'm very curious. If you get a couple losses stacking up on each other, Look out. things could turn south. Because right now, you're not starting the season off on the greatest foot with all this. There's obviously a tension in the in, in the a sense in the locker room, right, of people not liking each other. Yeah. It's just it's management. Uh, Rowdy, Aaron Rodgers was talking over the weekend to his best bud, James Jones, on the NFL Network. And I have comments from Rodgers. Let's see here. Rodgers was proclaiming he spent the offseason considering playing for another team. Oh, the audacity. I mean, it's the best feeling. Uh, it was a little strange, I think, day one, just because I was gone for the entire offseason and contemplated my own future and, and the possibility of playing somewhere else as well. But when I'm back here, I'm 100% all in. You know, I love my teammates. I love competing. I do love practice. You know, I love to go out and give it to the young corner when Rick I can Ross. and, and get Ross after these guys, man? talk a little smack, especially with a new D coordinator in here. we got to let them know how it goes around here. You know, it's good to be back, oh, yeah. man. I love Rodgers, you know, said, contemplate playing for another team, retirement, obviously, but good to be back. He's 110% all in. Got Rick Ross playing in the back. 
Uh, white on white, that's effing Rouse. Yeah. <laughs> and Rowdy. That's old Rick Ross, That's too. That's Port of Miami Rick That's the That's the creme de la creme Rick Ross. He's got those birds flying across the Atlantic, Rowdy. Wish I could play it, but it's on the swearing. Uh, <laughs> who the F you think you're effing with? I'm the effing boss. White on white, that's effing Rouse. I could go on and on. But Rowdy, Aaron Rodgers was talking about how much it was. Yeah, you know, he knows the real Noriega. The, he owes yeah, him the real favors. favors. The real Noriega. <laughs> he owes me a hundred favors. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Ricky Rouse. Rogers also talks about what it means to have Randall Cobb back after a two-year hiatus. I mean, it's hard to put into words. When it went down, just like uh, just like Randall and Ida, I think I shed some tears. <laughs> There's something special about the connection that we had with all those guys. Jordy, Cabo, so many experiences over the years. Did, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did he just say Cabo? I think so. As in Randall Cobb? Remember he was calling Brett Favre Farvey? He called him Farvey in an interview not too long ago when we played the clips. Farvey. Cobb, I've actually, I've actually never heard anyone call Brett Favre Farvey except for Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Remember while Rodgers? I've never heard Cabo for. Remember Rodgers' rookie year when he called Favre Grandpa? And Favre was like, I effing hate this guy. <laughs> would you rather be called like Grandpa, as in like, okay, he's trying to throw shade at you for being old, or would you rather have just a crappy nickname like Farvey? Probably Grandpa. Probably Grandpa. Oh, there's we got some peanut gallery over here. Kalen's playing with sperm in the in the pig pen over here for the farm. Normally that's a weekend activity. Yeah, Kalen, what you do on the weekends we don't care about, okay? All right, so I think I'd rather be called grandpa. Ben called me old uh, Friday at the Bill Michael show. He called me a grandpa essentially. I took it as a badge of honor. That's what I did. All right, so oh, oh wait, 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 hang on. We're still playing this clip here. Cabo, Cabo. Off the field, to be able to have a guy like that back is really special. Special for the locker room. He's a high-character guy. Great for the community. He's done a lot over his years with us in the community, and he can still really play. It's exciting having him back. I mean, uh, he's staying with me right now, so it's pretty special. <laughs> so Randall Cobb is indeed staying with Aaron Rodgers. I wonder if Randall Cobb's wife is staying with them too. And where's Shailene at? She's still in Albuquerque? No, she doesn't. that movie? She doesn't make it past... Uh, what mountain time? <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't come. She doesn't come across the. Uh... Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, definitely rowdy. As Shailene Woodley says, she's never even been to Lambo. She's never even seen her hubby. Pa- I don't. Or I don't expect pa- her to ever make it there. Does she get booed if she's ever shown on the jumbotron? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Rogers was also asked about uh, what the Packers need to do to get to uh, to the Super Bowl this time. Well, I just think we need to be more consistent throughout the entire year. You know, a lot of times. To- oh. Still got the Rick Ross in the background. Sometimes it's the stuff that shows up in the most important moments is stuff that maybe didn't get fixed along the way. So we got to fix the issues throughout the season. You know, we can't let uh, the details slip at any point. Uh, we can't let uh, important aspects of plays not get figured out in the time that the mistakes happen. I think that's what happens later in the season, crunch time. The details might not be exactly where they need to be, and it. You know, we've had a couple of great seasons, winning 13 games and number one seed last year, hosting playoff games. We just got to get over that hump this year. God, I can't help but listen to Rick Ross in the background. You know, I just kind of thought of this. Like, you hear some of the music that gets played. I think it's edited. Yeah, like, you know how, like, in the NBA games they're playing and then all of a sudden, like, the music will pop on and off? Yeah. And it's definitely, like, a song that should definitely be edited if there's smaller children around. Won't someone please think of the children? I just, I feel like I could almost see Matt LaFleur being the <laughs> clean cut, no swearing guys type type of guy. Hey guys, let's clean it up here. No swearing, okay? Who like makes his own playlists or... Oh yeah, or it's like Yacht does, Rock. Does not allow for certain songs to Matt be Matt LaFleur, there's, there's, there's always this one type of guy who has a sports mix, you know, if you're like working out in the, if you're in the weight room or for some practice, or you got a guy who just like, he like really loves sporting events and he's got the mix. It's always like this. It's like ACDC. It's always, it's always like every ACDC song ever made. Then there's like trick daddy thrown in. Uh, There's a little Ozzy Osbourne. Well, the thing is when you're working out with like music like that, it has to be one of two types of music for me. It has to be like something harder rock where you have a little bit of that screaming. You're getting down or with it's the going with the stir, yeah, Brody. something like Ooh. that. <laughs> it's got to be something close to that, or it's got to be like rap where you're like you're ready to go out there and crack somebody. It's got to be gangster, like Ricky Rouse. Like you can't just have like pop music on. You got to get hustling with Ricky Rouse. He knows the real Noriega, Rowdy. 
Pop music can't do it. Alternative music what can't music? do it. Pop? Oh, I thought you said pot music. No. Like you're not listening to Sublime when you're lifting weights? No, I'm talking like <laughs> pop music doesn't get you going. Alternative no. music, though I enjoy it, it's not something I'm going to do when I'm getting out to either play in a sporting event Matt LaFleur or lift me, weights Matt or whatever. Matt LaFleur's playlist is probably like, it's AC, I guarantee you it's ACDC. There's Ozzy Osbourne Crazy Train. There's probably like The Who on there. Um... Here's added version. What on white? That's well. He says the f word there. Yeah. Well, in high school for uh, wrestling events, we would probably Rocky Four soundtrack. If they were at home, we would uh, start blaring music while we were in the wrestling room getting ready, which happens to be behind in the Stoughton High School, the gym. And there was definitely some music that was blared in there that some parents were not okay with because you could hear it while like the JV was out there. Good. Rowdy, making parents squirm is hilarious. That's, that's awesome. We used to just blare all the explicit. We'd just go Dr. Dre on them, Snoop Dogg. Like, deal with it. Parents, yeah, there was... Uh, welcome to Tatra, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> on, that, on that playlist off the top of my head, I know there was... Here's N- the most gangster rap you ever heard. Put in Dodge, Wisconsin. <laughs> there was NWA, Ice Cube, some Dr. Dre, and Eminem. So, yeah, and- we're trying to get hyped. The Brewers team batting average since, let's see here, May 22nd. The Brewers are tied for 19th in Major League Baseball, uh, hitting 241. June 1st, they're 248, tied for 13th in Major League Baseball. And then in June 15th, they're batting 257. That's eighth in Major League Baseball. July 1st, they're batting 265. That's tied for fourth in Major League Baseball. And then July 15th, they're batting 290, which was the best in the majors. Did you send me that? Did RJ send us that? In that I might have. The Milwaukee Brewers are definitely, definitely finally coming into their own and really having those bats wake up a little bit. I know it was a little different story. Um, yesterday, they only had three hits, still found a way to win. But, Rowdy, the Brewers, how are they so good? When Then I'll throw this stat at you. I know we did it in the 6 o'clock hour. I want to bring it up since we've uh, woken up a little bit. Eduardo Escobar, when he came in on July 31st, he became the 54th player to appear for the Brewers this season. It's an all-time franchise record. Brewers weren't done. No, no. They brought in uh, two more guys. The arms that they got before the trade deadline yeah, was Daniel over. Daniel Norris and John Curtis. The Brewers now have 56 players to appear for the crew this season, which has obviously broken the all-time franchise record. It's now August 2nd. The only other teams that used almost as many players was the 1969 Seattle Pilots, who eventually would become the Brewers, and the 2018 Milwaukee Brewers each used 53 players. The Brewers now are at 56 in the year of 2021 of our Lord. Yeah, and the season doesn't end until October 3rd. How is this possible? Plus, you know you're going to add probably some more players in September when they have September call-ups. Now, it's not the same exact September call-ups that they used to have where it used to be 40-man rosters, but they are able to add a few more bodies to that roster come September. So I'm sure you're probably going to see at least two or three new faces that you haven't seen yet this year. <laughs> How is it possible that the Brewers are 20 games above 500? The Brewers are seven games above the Reds. It's, that's the second most stretch, right, for a, a first and a second place team in a division. Yeah, the only team that's got a bigger lead than the Milwaukee Brewers in a division is currently the Chicago White Sox, who the second best team in the AL Central is the Indians. And the Indians are a team that basically have quit on the season here the last week or so. As uh, Terry Francona says, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done for the rest of the year. And then the rest of that division is the Royals, the Tigers, and the homely Minnesota Twins. Very homely. That's putting it polite. How are the Brewers able to be this good, Rowdy, when Christian Yelich has been a shell of himself? Lorenzo Cain's been on the IL. Uh, Keston Hira is nowhere to be found. There is anyone with a stick. Travis Shaw is on the 60-day IL. Colton Wong was on the IL forever. Jackie Bradley Jr. couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, I could go on and on and on and on. And now there's 56 different players. A all-time franchise record appeared for the Brewers so far. How about we just go back and quickly talk about our expectations when the Brewers and Twins played at opening day? My expectations were 
What did I say? I'm just I talking said, about player per position. You had Omar Narvaez at catcher, who you thought could have a bounce back season, who was god awful in 2020, yep. but had shown in years past that he was a good hitting catcher. What has Omar Narvaez done this year? Well, I think he's exceeded expectations for being a good hitting catcher. He's obviously shown improvement defensively, and he made an all-star team. That's a huge thumbs up at catcher that you you figured you were going to get a better player than you were in 2020, but he, I would say, even exceeded what the Brewers originally thought they were getting. Yeah. He's played better. Yep. Then you go around the horn, and we'll start at, we'll go at third base, Travis Shaw. You were hoping you'd get a guy that would bounce back. You'd hope you'd get the mirror ding-dong city back. And you had a 2018-2019 version. Well, you got that version of Travis Shaw for the first month of the season. The second month of the season, he was god-awful, and then he goes down with a shoulder injury, hasn't been seen since. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you now have Luis Urias, who not only is he playing extremely well since the Adamas trade, but he's playing overall pretty good defense, a couple really good plays over the weekend. He's getting on base at a much higher clip than he's hitting the baseball, mm. and he's giving you power. He's a guy that I believe going into the weekend had the second most home runs in RBIs for a Brewers player. Tough for all the uh, Orlando Arcia uh, apologists out there. Yeah, you didn't expect that whatsoever from Luis Urias, especially at third base. Then you go to shortstop. Willie Adamas has been a godsend for him since late May. Beast. Brewers MVP. Not only is he hitting the crap out of the baseball, but he plays good defense. Yeah, and he's talking dirty to his bats. You love to see that, hear that. Us as Brewer fans were hoping that Orlando Arcia would be able to figure out how to swing the bat. He's long gone. You obviously have a much better shortstop that can swing the bat. So that's that's a big positive at, at shortstop that you weren't expecting. Yep. Second base, Colton Wong, you're expecting to get a veteran player. You paid for that. He's been, when healthy, even better than what you were expecting. Again, he's having one of statistically one of his better seasons in the big leagues. When healthy. When healthy, exactly. And then first base, you were hoping to get Keston here at first base and, and be a big-time bat back who – Showed that he could produce some runs, but you needed to see that average increase in the 2020. Hoping you saw the 2019 version of Keston Hira. Well, well, we've had six players that, now at first base. But yeah, it's been a rotating or door. Seven. Six and or seven. You, you've had out. at times this season, Hira got hot. At times this season, uh, Daniel Vogelback got hot. And now it's Rowdy Telez's turn Rowdy. to get hot. Rowdy. So, yeah, there's been a revolving door. And I think you see that uh, Rowdy Telez is going to be your first uh, baseman against the righties, and they're going to use Escobar ag- against uh, yep. lefties and then as utility. Yep. And, yes, we haven't even mentioned how they just acquired Escobar, who's only played in a couple games for the Brewers. So that's going to be an upgrade. But then you get to the outfield. Christian Yelich, you thought you'd get a bounce-back season, another all-star Ooh, type season. You thought He's that. Been dog crap. We thought wrong. Dog then, crap, and then he got COVID, allegedly. And then you look at center field. Jackie Bradley Jr., statistically his worst hitting season in the big leagues, though he's playing good defense. He's finally he had a nice start- catch yesterday. Yeah, he's finally starting to come around the last couple months. He's raised his batting average over 25 points, which is pretty impressive when you've already had over two-plus months of at-bats and you're batting 150. I was going to say, let's not say what he's batting. Let's just say he rose up by 25 points. And then there's Lorenzo Cain, who's <laughs> hardly been around at all this year. You, you were hoping, well, now that he's back, he's been good. I think a lot of people were hoping and praying that they would get the 2018 Lorenzo Cain, which is, man, that, you really need hey, to start praying. Well, Cain's been looking pretty good, though. Since he's been back. He's hardly played this year. But now that he's back, he's been pretty good. And I good. think he's had a memorable two games so far this year. Yeah, we'll take it. And then you have Avisel Garcia, who I think for what you're paying for, you're getting what you paid for. Maybe even a little bit more productive than what you were expecting. But that's a thumbs up. So all, all the things basically at every single position, I think you have to say from what you were expecting, you either A, got, or B, have a thumbs up besides center field. And basically, besides people in the outfield, and when I say people in the outfield, I mean Christian Yelich, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Lorenzo Cain. And of those three, Jackie Bradley Jr. has shown that he's picked up his hitting the last month or so. The other two, well, one has just gotten healthy, and the other one just really hasn't gotten going. I truly do think the Brewers are a legit Christian Yelich of 2018-19 away from being a World Series contender. Yeah. Uh, What you just kind of described... 
is it sounds like to me is David Stearns has the minus touch. David Stearns is pulling all the right levers, pushing all the right buttons, flicking all the right beans. Or I think you could say that all of these guys are just happening to have great seasons. They're all having their best seasons all at the same year, which we saw 2020 where all of these spare parts that they brought in probably had some of their worst seasons in that two months. <laughs> and you saw how bad they could be. Yeah, well, everyone good. is playing extremely well this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what you well, have to, to Everyone is on. except the big dogs. Exactly. Which is insane. But you need all the role players to step up in World Series yeah, seasons. and they've been doing that the whole time. The Brewers are just waiting on their big dogs to step up and start playing so, because the pitching is continually being a, a top six or seven uh, rotation in the league. So then you, what you're then saying, you have a top ten bullpen in the league. So what you're saying, Rowdy. And it's getting healthier and only going to get better by adding more arms. So what you're saying, Rowdy, is... Well, now I forgot what I was going to say. Well, there's one thing left to do. It's well, I guess there's 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 only one thing left to do, Rowdy. There's two things left to do. Two things left to do. One, Christian Yelich to pull his head out of his ass and start playing baseball, and two, win the whole effing thing. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. There's only one thing left to do: win the whole effing thing. Jake Taylor, Major League. If the Brewers win the NL Central and they they win the division. They're going to be a threat in the playoffs, and if they win the division, they're obviously most likely going to be matched up with a team from the NL East. They should be no no. They should at least make it to the NLCS. Say it again. If they win the division, I think there's no reason why they shouldn't make it to the NLCS. <sighs> a man can only get so excited. Love it, Rowdy. Well, speaking of that, and I'm, we all can remember, you feel it? Can you feel we it? We all remember 2018. And how that felt. I'm pitching and how a tent everyone right now. got behind that team, especially in mid-August. Pitching a tent with Rowdy saying that. And hopefully it's going to be the exact same thing this year. And hopefully <laughs> we make it to the World <laughs> Series. Not Game 7. Because then how nice would it be if somehow the Brewers, they make it to the World Series and they figure out a way to win one. So then you don't have like the dirtbag Cub fan saying, Oh, one, one World Series. <laughs> the dirt. Hell yeah, Rowdy. You're firing me up this segment. Dirtbag Cubs fans and the Brewers winning the World Series. I love it. Win something. Win something first. You took a hundred. Even though they cried years. their entire lives until they finally won one, and then we're just dicks afterwards. <laughs> no, so high in the air, it's like they they couldn't even smell their own stench. Dicks. Here's the thing. Sporting goods. Here's the thing, Rowdy. You meant sporting goods, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, same. Dicks, Rowdy. When it comes to the Cubs. Now, listen, you can't take away the World Series from them, okay? But did Friday feel good to you, especially after 3 o'clock when almost everyone a part of that Chicago Cubs nucleus was jettisoned elsewhere? And I saw Cubs fan after Cubs fan on my social media accounts, and I have friends that are them too, literally laying on the ground crying their eyes out, how they could never forgive the Ricketts, how they want to go burn down Wrigley, sell the franchise. They'll never forgive them. Did that did that bring a little joy to your heart like it brought joy to mine? I'll be completely honest, like I didn't think about it a ton. I, like I smiled with my heart. I didn't I didn't really care a whole lot because when a team is dog crap, you don't care about them. Like the Pirates. <laughs> Do you care about the Pirates? No, I don't. Well, the Cubs are basically now the Pirates. Uh, that's, look at all the look funny. at all the players that they just traded away. Obviously, we knew that this was coming. We knew that if the Chicago Cubs weren't clearly in the position to contend, we knew there was going to be a fire sale. The contracts lined up that way, and that's it. Was basically the back in the back of all Cub fans' minds, and obviously, once we finally got to the trade deadline, it was in the front of their brains because it happened. <laughs> but speaking on the Milwaukee Brewers, it was the elephant in the room. No, if, I was talking. I was at Cubs a, stunk. I was at a concert Friday night. And I was with one of my buddies, who's a diehard Cubs fan, has been his whole life. He's not one of those flip floppers. That like, oh, I love the Brewers. And then the Cubs win the World Series. Like, oh, I actually love the Cubs. Like, he's always loved the Cubs. And he said in the year that they won the World Series that they could, he could feel it. Like, he could feel something special was brewing. Could feel it. Well, Rowdy, this year for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, but. I haven't had a physical yet, but I can feel something down in my plums. I don't think it's anything I should be concerned about because it feels like to me they can feel something special in my plums about the Milwaukee Brewers 
like you just said, make it to an NLCS or maybe make it to the World Series. See, I've, I've, I can feel it. I've felt it sack. with the Brewers twice in my life. It was 2011 and it was 2018. 2011, what happens? Well, they ran into the St. Louis Cardinals and a man named David Freese, mm. who hate him. I think Brewers fans hate him. I think Texas Rangers fans hate him. I think just NL Central fans in general hate him. No, there's a real dicks sporting goods. But that's what happened in 2011. And then in 2018, obviously the Dodgers. And then I even still to this day think there was a a few different uh, managing decisions away from a World Series. Oh, I know how you feel right there. But I think when you look That's at That's why you refuse to call Craig Council a Brewers legend. What what do we what do we know about both of those teams? What what were the big things that were questioned on both of those teams? It was the starting pitching. Mm-hmm. And obviously 2011 when you go back and you look at that rotation, you had Zach Greinke, you had Giovanni oh, Gallardo, you had Sean Markham. But those three aren't even close to the same as the three they currently have. I'm supposed to I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna amuse him. Ben Kenny's over here saying, "Ask Nelly about 2008." I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ben. I didn't feel my plums then. Yeah, that was just a magical ride to yeah, make the playoffs. That was magic. And plus, we're not. We're not a top five spending team in baseball like oh, the Phillies can be. Every Phillies year. don't spend money, even though they don't spend money. They somehow <laughs> wind up in the top five, top ten. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we're we're like playing around in like Ben. The Dodgers have 179 million dollars more than we do. Okay. People start thinking the Brewers are going to go bankrupt when they they make it into the fifteenth. If Ben can figure that mic out in there, he might. There's a if you mic one all the way on the left, you got to turn that to unity. See if you can get it, buddy. Yeah, too bad. Maybe if you spent a little more money like the Phillies, you'd be figured out. How about that? But yes, it was those two. It it was those two years, and and they ran into teams that were on. Big time runs. They just they ran into a Dodgers team where oh, I still feel like that they should have won that series for sure. But definitely in 2011, they just ran into a hotter team in the Cardinals and a team that uh, without David Freeze probably wouldn't have been there. What then? I I can't take any more slander because of how <laughs> because of the money we spend because our owner's a total fraud and won't go over the luxury tax. <laughs> Every single year. Ben, our we owner, need one more move to be ben, good. Our owner won't get a haircut because he's trying to save money. Yeah, dude, it, you guys are winning. That's fine. <laughs> the, our the owner Phillies is such a spend. total fraud. He talks about winning, and then he doesn't do anything to actually help us win. You signed, you signed Bryce Harper to over a $300 million no, that was great. contract. <laughs> but I like I'm saying say, since then. I like how you say fraud. It's like that Philly comes out in you. Say fraud again. Fraud. <laughs> but say my owner is a total fraud. Fraud. I like that. That sounds good. A $300 million contract. How much does Yelich make? We don't. That's a, that's a sensitive subject right now. His contract kicks in next year. <laughs> and it's not for, and it's not for 300 million. Yeah. He took a, he took a Think team friendly that. deal. The, the guy that has had probably two of the best Milwaukee brewer seasons, back to back seasons. When you look at war and everything. Yeah. I know Ryan Braun had a few, uh, Sprinkled in there, but Cheater. those were potentially He's some pe- innocent PED Cheater. years. But you look at that, the back-to-back seasons that Christian Yelich put up, they still got him for, what was it, 10 years, 260-ish million dollars, something like that. Still not even signing a guy for 10-plus years at $300 million. They Because they can't. And that was a hometown deal that if he didn't take that deal, probably Christian Yelich would be a free agent after this season, and some people would say, hmm, we'd probably be in a better spot if he was. Well, signing Bryce Harper is objectively a good business decision. But let's talk about when you hey. had big-time top payrolls when you had the Ryan Howards of the world, the Chase Utleys of the world, the Jimmy Rowell of the world. I don't know what I can defend. Like, yeah, they spend money. How did, how did this turn into a Phillies thing? I love it, though. Hey, we have a, Now, East Coast guys like you, Ben, I always say some words a little weird around these parts. We have a question from Poop Shooterton on Twitch. How does Ben say tournament? Tournament? Oh, okay. Say it again. Tournament. Okay, you're fine. Usually usually East Coast guy goes, tournament. No, tournament. Tournament. The only word I always butcher is water. <laughs> water? Water. Water. Well, say, okay, here's the thing. Here's my Midwest accent coming out. Rowdy, stand up and show Ben the shirt you're wearing. See if you can say the name of it, the, the town. Stoughton. Say it again. Stoughton. 
Here's how I say it. Stoughton. Hey, that's better than some national people that say Stoughton. Stoughton, yeah. Stoughton. Stoughton. You got to get the O in there. Stoughton. They even get paid to say it wrong. Stoughton. Got to say it like that then. Stoughton. Stoughton. There you go. That's now you're being a Wisconsinite, baby. Stoughton. All right. Enough about the Phillies. Enough about the Phillies, Ben. Last thing. No, on three, let's say Christian Yelich. One, two, three, fraud. Hey! That's your mic's cut off. He's done. He's done, Rowdy. Fraud. Unbelievable. Are you going to punch in Christian Yelich now when he's done? No, I mean, we've we spent enough time talking about dickheads. Cubs and Phillies fans. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, come on. We're not even good. <laughs> yeah, but at least one team of dickheads can realize they're not good and they, they sell. The other team just buys because they, they just want to keep I'm not spending the front money. office. You, you hear me every day rag on how bad my team is. Are you a dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> so am I, so it's okay. Just Dick Sporting Goods, sorry. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not a Cubs fan. Come on now. That's true. You have that. At least you got that going for you, Ben. 